welcome to AV Plus. I'm Adam Forziati, web editor for Commercial Integrator. This is the podcast from CI. This week we continue our state of the industry coverage. Now this, if you don't already know, is sort of our months-long process of gathering information, conducting surveys, speaking with uh, some of the most well-known and uh, well-traveled AV executives and uh, professionals. And in the end, we create this report that shows basically a bird's eye view of the industry as a whole and how to succeed in it going forward. And this week, we're going right back to a very regular topic for us here at CI. In fact, in the two years that I've been writing and editing for CI, I have to say that this term is probably the most used or most you know repetitive term that I've come across, managed services. You probably already know what that is because frankly, if you're going to be thinking about growing your business in 2019 or beyond, you need to know how to start managed services contracts. Now, we can say that with absolute certainty because according to our research and you know the opinions of the trusted uh, AV consultants we've spoken with over the past year, one third of surveyed AV companies report that their 2018 revenues grew at least 10%, and that's a great thing. Okay, that's that's a really good sign for the industry, but <laughs> there's always a but. There's a vulnerability that we think will break up many firms in the next couple of years. So while we see some uh, general growth in the industry, we don't really see a lot of sustainability, and that's something that Chuck Wilson with NSCA the National Systems Contractors Association, he definitely agrees with. So today I'm going to present to you a really awesome interview that our editor-in-chief Tom LeBlanc conducted with Chuck Wilson. But first, of course, a little housekeeping. You can learn more about AV Plus online at commercialintegrator.com slash podcast and on Twitter by searching the hashtag AVPlusPod. On Twitter, that's AVPLUSPod. Would appreciate it also if you could take a moment to hit subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It does help us reach more AV pros trying to find quality podcasts. And one more thing, if you have an AV hot take, that's sounded wrong just saying, but you know, a lot of people have them. If you have one, you want to share it with the world, you want to share it with our audience, let us know. You can email me, I'm Adam. Here's my email address, it's A-D-A-M-F as in Frank, O-R-Z-I-A-T-I at emeraldexpo.com. That's how you can get in touch with me if you really want to write something for CI. We'd love to share your opinion. Okay, back to the show. Still, I mean, there are some real significantly disturbing trends here. Um, you know, to what degree does your company earn recurring revenue through service contracts? Over a quarter, don't earn any revenue at all through any kind of service contract. And then about a third, um, uh, less than 5% or 5% or less. But then pretty much nobody has over a third of their revenue under service contract. There are there are uh, a few that have actually more than 50%, but not a lot. The needle really hasn't moved that much. So first, the first thing I want to ask you, Chuck, is um, I think one of the reasons people don't like to hear about this topic is... I think at least CI has a tendency to frame it such that every single company needs to be moving aggressively towards service. And there are a lot of companies in the AV integration industry who probably do ex- have a different enough business model where service isn't as important to them. So this doesn't apply to all companies, but most companies do need to be making the shift towards service. And I just kind of want to get your thoughts on 
you know, how, how, how do you characterize that? How, how do you, what, what do you, what do you think about the trends and what do you think about companies that are sick of hearing about um, how important <laughs> it is to shift to, to service? Well, I, I hear from plenty of the ones that are sick of it, sick of us talking about it, but you know, it's a, some people, what this is, Tom, is this is, this is people who want to keep a contractor profile. So some companies excel at being a systems contractor. They're a, an integrator who chooses to go in, go from project to project to project. And that is just really what they do. And they've, they've done well enough um, in that bid spec marketplace. They've done well enough, you know, in the design build world where they just don't have to think about, you know, creating lifelong clients. They, they want, they want a backlog of projects, not a not a series of service calls coming in every day and running a service department. That's just not who they they feel they are. So I would describe those companies in that one to five and six to ten percent of total revenue coming from service. Those are the companies who have made a, a deliberate and purposeful choice that they just don't either know how to or they don't feel comfortable running that services type group and everybody above that the 11 percent and higher range are people who have subscribed to the notion that in order to um, future proof their company to make their company a uh, more of an asset or a value to a client a repeat client base is that they got to focus on the services side of things that that um, ability to have customers rather than projects they win. And I think that's what you're seeing here is, is there's a, a deliberate uh, pathway that they see to the future based on one versus the other. So you mentioned, you know, there are, you know, there's that group of folks in the industry have made the decision, you know, either they chose not at all, or they chose one to 5%. They kind of made that decision that they're more of the contractor business model and that's where they feel comfortable but is that a viable decision? You know, you know, they, you can look at it two ways. One, they look at service as a necessary evil, you know, so they're like, Oh man, we got a service call, you know, and they, and they don't, that isn't who they are. They're, they're a project. They're, they're people that send their, their installers and their, their workers right to the job sites. They bang out this project and then they move on you know, to the next one. And the next one, service call is, uh, you know, something of a, of a disruption to their business. Whereas the other people, they look at it like, oh, we have to put in projects in order to get the services. So they look at it like the project is the necessary evil in order to attain that client. You gotta, you gotta have something to service, right? So you gotta put in stuff. And so it's just, it's just interesting. So we're, you know, and some companies do a marvelous job of running a, uh, you know, these these separate business units under one roof. Other companies have said, you know what, that's just not for us. We we are doing well enough just doing this. And we believe that there's always going to be new buildings being built and renovations taking place so that, you know, we're we're plenty busy the way we are and we can, you know, make money for a long, long time doing what we're doing. And that's that's who we are. So that's the decision they made. Okay. Uh, we asked another question about just yes or no. Have you sold and executed a managed services contract in the past year? It doesn't bother me that much that uh, 55% said yes and about 45%
said no. That, I mean, especially given, you know, what you just described in terms of the contractor, you know, business model being so important to so many companies. I'm not sure that bothers me so much that, you know, 45% said no, but I want to get your take on it. Yeah, I felt the same way. You know, I, I was with a company not too long ago that they, in 2017, they completed like 150 projects. They do a lot of different mid-sized projects and they didn't sell a single service agreement to, to any of those. And when I asked why, is they said, well, we don't have anybody to do it. We wouldn't know what, we wouldn't even know how to sell it or how to service it if we did have it. You know, it's just, it's just not them. So, yeah. So that, that didn't surprise me. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because we asked that, we asked a question about what are the biggest obstacles to moving to an as a service model. And, you know, um, overall offerings was the biggest um, uh, uh, response. And, you know, kind of concerned me, you know, after I saw the results of the survey, wondering if everybody thought that overall offerings is what I think it is. And what I think it is, is basically knowing what to offer, you know, like, mm-hmm. are you able to, you know, like identify that, you know, I want to have a UCC um, solution that I can, I can sell as a service, or I want to have a digital signage solution that I can sell as a service, and I'm going to be able to, you know, provide it and service it. So that's what I think overall offerings mean. Uh, other obstacles that were significant, sales training, uh, in support of service. Oh, support of service is actually the the biggest obstacle, I should say. Um, what what was is that in is that are these responses consistent with what you're hearing in terms of obstacles? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so we hear about the sales. The you know they don't know how to compensate or incentivize their salespeople. You know, in a way that is conducive to that. But the the big one we hear is what would happen if we did make a commitment to you know a four hour response time and you know, having that system back up and running and, and all that, if they don't have a separate services group or a managed services team in place, then they would have to pull off people off of a job site to go, you know, stop this installation to go run a service call or something. And some people don't want to get into it just because they don't feel comfortable that they would be able to, you know, meet the promises that they're making within their managed service agreement that they would offer. So. This is a question that that I find fascinating. So we asked um, in terms of a goal by 2025, which, you know, six or seven years from now, um, what what percentage of your company's total revenue should be recurring revenue through service or managed services contracts? And, you know, one of the things that, that I kind of sticks in my head is um, doing some interviews early on when... I started working on commercial integrator with companies that were kind of of that mindset that it was important to shift towards more uh, recurring revenue that's under contract. And I remember, you know, some companies saying, you know, a good goal would be to have a third of our revenue under contract. Mm-hmm. So that always kind of sticks in the back of my head. And you know, when we ask this question, um, it jumps out at me that very few companies have a goal to have more than a third of their revenue under contract, only 20% are, are focused on having between 31 and 50% of their revenue under contract. Uh, only 4% are focused on having more than half of their revenue under contract. So only about a quarter of the industry even have a goal to have more than a third of their revenue under contract. Um, well, first of all, do you think that 
having over a third of the revenue under contract is a good goal to have? And also, what do you make of these numbers? Well, I I like that eleven to to thirty percent um, because we we've always said that you want to have you know above twenty percent in recurring revenue, and you know when I when I've looked at companies taking a deep dive into their financials and looked at some of the the healthiest companies in our industry is there there is a trend that I see that companies that have you know that twenty percent plus they're usually more profitable certainly worth a lot more they the equity that you know the exit valuation for the the equity owners in that business is a lot higher when you have that but it but it really it really comes down to is we still have to put stuff in in order to because most most of our members they don't service other people's projects or other people's systems per se so they try to they try to offer a managed service to just their clients and the and for the jobs that they've done but if you look at a healthy ratio of uh, you know that 30 percent um, number I think that would be outstanding for a company to have that where they capture that much revenue off of off of things that are under contract so it just it really just depends is how how well financed you are how well you know, you know what? What is your major business focus? If you go out and lead with um, hosted, or you know, AV as a rental, or a monthly payment, or as a service, or to have that that service contract, if you will, in place. Uh, so, you know, there's so many different variations and definitions of the term service or managed services that it's it's really hard to say. But what what I'm seeing is that if you can have over 20 percent of your revenue under some form of an agreement, an ongoing agreement with the client, that's the healthiest place to be.